1: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz network. It is the Oz network coming to you once again for another Breaking Bad recap episode. We are here for the finale of season 4, episode 13, Face Off. You want to take his face off. I'm Castor <laughs> Troy! Woo! Alright, oh, sorry. Wrong one. I always get excited when I hear those words. Um, a great action movie and a great episode of Breaking Bad. This first aired on the 9th of October, 2011. It was written by Vince Gilligan. It was directed by Vince Gilligan and arguably one of the most famous episodes ever of this little TV show called Breaking Bad and we're very excited to be able to talk about it today. My name is Ben and you need to go poopy or you go poopy already?
2: My name's Nick and um, I can
1: assure you there's no interest in me. Okay. With the poopy or just... Um, yep. All right. Um, the, I mean, wow. Uh, we're, we've been spoiled for choice this season. We've been spoiled for choice over the last few weeks. Um, and here we are for... I, I think I said it last week, my favourite finale of, of Breaking Bad. I'm just saying it right now. I, I love this episode. Um, probably my favorite scene of all of Breaking Bad is in this episode. A lot of people's favorite scene is in this uh, episode of Breaking Bad. Um, I mean, just there's, there's hardly anything you can kind of say to kind of introduce it because I mean, this, this episode is just iconic. It's just, it's everything about this episode is just brilliant. And as I think we mentioned last week too, originally penned as a potential series finale. So this, this could have been it. This could have been the very last episode of Breaking Bad, which I'll say, as I said last week, I think it kind of could have worked for a, a serious finale, you know, it would definitely have been some open end questions, but at the same time, I think you kind of almost would have been satisfied if this had it wrapped up like this. So, uh, yeah. What an episode, Nick.
2: Yeah. It's all right. I suppose. No, I'm yeah. kidding. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's really nice to see this kind of, we talked about it being like this big chess match between these two. And it's nice to see it kind of come to a, you know, a checkmate conclusion, I suppose. Um, it kind of sticks a landing, doesn't it really on, on the ending of, of this like kind of epic season so um, yeah it's not always the case you know these big shows don't always end with you know like a really successful kind of um, you know explosive end and so it's nice to actually see it all kind of come together so successfully I guess
1: it's it's the thing that is, I mean, we've talked so much about Breaking Bad being so good that it kind of just gets get better and better and better and ends so well. Like, it's it's rare for shows to do that. I mean, this season kind of is just reminding me a lot of, say, season four of Nip Tuck or if uh, you, you listen to our third watch coverage, you know, season two, season three of third watch or... Twenty-four. We're not there yet, but season five, but like these seasons at peak, and they're like, they they kind of start off so good, then you kind of have a few seasons, you're okay, but then all of a sudden you get this amazing season. They're like, wow, and then all of a sudden it's just it's just downhill from there, and all of a sudden you're just like, okay, we'll just just end the show already, you know? Like we had that with Nick Tuck with season six, season five, better than people give it credit for, well at least the first half, and you know, third watch, all those sort of shows that we've talked a lot about at length. But this is the complete opposite. I mean, this is season four, which is amazing. And then we've got next season, which is amazing. So, like, it's kind of, it's just, we're just so spoiled for choice with the fact that it's happening. And we're seeing that with Better Call Soul really, as well. So, I mean, Vince Gilligan, if we haven't said it enough, he's a genius. Um, I mean, this episode would be a, just a perfect way. And even if season five was just sort of, you know, mediocre. You're not like, all right, fine. Season five was fine, but, you know, should have ended at season four. But, no, like, so many people would not agree with what I just said about, oh, I could have ended right now and I wouldn't find that. But I was like, no, then we wouldn't have had Ozzy Mandis and we wouldn't have had, you know, all these sort of episodes next season. So I'm rambling because I'm excited to talk about this, Nick, but um, it's just, yeah, it's it's just so, this episode, if you were to show a random person an episode of Breaking Bad to get them into Breaking Bad, like, show them this episode. I mean, it's just, this, is, this gets you right on the page of Breaking Bad.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think I, it would be a shame because it would spoil so much of, of what, you yeah. know, what happens. But um yeah, it is really good. It's funny you kind of make that, you know, my that um that you know, kind of comparison to, to other TV shows. Cause actually in my, my famous little breaking bad 101 book that I've got, there's this whole thing where he talks about, you know, that this is just like piling great episode on top of another great episode. And um he says, you know, like often other shows, especially Ryan Murphy shows um, hmm. don't do this very successfully. They kind of like start to, you know, like you have one or two good episodes and then it just starts to like implode in on itself. Um, and it's really interesting. interesting that you know, that that's, he actually uses Ryan Murphy as the example there, which I kind of perked my my ears up, or perked my eyes up. When I guess when I read it, um, so so yeah, it's um, it, it's an amazing thing to be able to pull off as kind of closing after just a run of you know fantastic episodes.
1: And I'm, I'm intrigued to see if this author has something against Ryan Murphy. That's an intriguing thing because I'm just <laughs> I'm, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, I, I everything Ryan Murphy, I, I would I would gladly host a spin-off show purely on Ryan Murphy shows. I would absolutely love to do it because I love every show he's ever done. But I'm just trying to think of all these shows like. I mean, I don't know Glee that well. I've watched it through once and enjoyed it, but I, I don't know, like, oh, what was the peak season of Glee? But through his other projects, like, I, I can't really think they've just waned off. I, I don't know if I agree with that. But, um, I mean, the episodes, I like, Pete, yeah, like, I mean, Nip Tuck, I guess, didn't really have constantly brilliant, brilliant, brilliant episode, did it? So, I mean, I guess, you know, I see what he's saying. But, I mean, I would argue American Crime Story, uh Brilliant show. Never a bad episode of those. Pretty much a perfect television show. Have you ever watched any of those ones, Nick? Like the OJ Simpson one or the Versace uh, one only, or the Monica yeah, Lewinsky
2: only, one? Only the, first, only the first season. And is the, the Monica Lewinsky one's what just come out, hasn't it? At yeah, the well, time at the time, time of, of us recording. recording
1: yeah, yeah. So uh, by the time obviously people hear this, it's it's well and truly done. But it's, yeah, it's in the middle of airing at the time we're recording this. And, I mean, look, I, I would argue that the Versace one is on par, if not better, than the OJ Simpson one. Like that is just incredible um just absolutely right. amazing so um and american horror stories got its moments like i mean i am i'm am a ryan murphy fanboy so um i haven't quite seen eat pray love whatever that julia roberts the movie he directed i haven't seen that yet but um anyway we're getting <laughs> tangent and we're here to talk about face we don't have to talk about ryan murphy that's another episode we're talking about great things ryan murphy face off um but, I mean, do, just do you remember watching this for the first time? Because I know you've sort of talked about yeah. your, your Breaking Bad, sort of how you caught up to watch the last season and everything along those lines. But, I mean, do you, do you remember watching this? And do you, did you know going into this that, like, oh, this was Gus's death episode or, like, you kind of right. had an idea or you had no clue?
2: No, I had no clue. And um, it was just such a nice surprise. I think this is one of those things where, um, you know, if you can see the sun for the first time, it's just such a joy, you know, like it's it's just so good to watch.
1: Yeah, I I was exactly the same. I had no idea, no idea at all that um, what happened in this episode. And it's interesting. I just mentioned to you off air, and we can talk about it obviously throughout this episode, that I just watched on YouTube the kind of the making of, uh, at least the, the whole explosion in the face scene. And Vince Gilligan says in that that he always knew that he would kill Gus off at the end of this season. Um, It's like he's like he's sort of like I kind of had to. So it was sort of um, it was interesting to kind of hear that. Like and he said that like from the beginning of this season we knew that's what it was going towards. Uh, And we've talked a lot about how often you know not like season two that was planned from point A to point B. Most of this hasn't really been planned. So it's kind of interesting that he's kind of said that. So. Um, yeah, I, I watched it for the first time. We'll get to the scene, obviously. I've said it. I've rewound it multiple times to kind of go, like, holy fuck, did that just happen? Um, and yeah, if you if you took our advice last week and uh, didn't look at our social media and you've watched the episode now, go ahead and look at our social media teaser image because, of course, I had to use the iconic picture of half-faced Fring which I think you can get a Funko Pop off. Or if it's not a Funko Pop, it's some sort of figurine. Cause <laughs> I don't know if the Breaking Bad Funko Pop's ever been a thing, but um, I'm pretty sure I've seen a figurine of his face kind of off. Face off. Do you like <laughs> the movie Face Off, Nick?
2: Um, is this the part where I tell you I've never seen it?
1: Oh, okay. Well, you go and watch it and then you listen to our epic recap because, seriously, if you ask Colin and I, probably our five favourite Oz Network episodes we've ever recorded, Face Off would be up there. That was just, okay. I've never laughed so hard at my life spending a whole three hours doing Nicolas Cage impersonations and talking about actors' dongs. Well, um, so, um, <laughs> oh, you hooked me. Yeah, I mean, Dongs and Nicolas Cage impersonations. That that's enough. That's all you kind of need it. But let's get into uh, this episode. Also, download our Face Off episode. It's a great episode. Um, but obviously, with the end of last week, the bomb on the car, Fring walking away. So Walt's now sprinting into the car park, and the finds the bomb and and we realize it's it's magnetic because obviously we're going to get a bit of a thing here walking through the hospital i like him is he walking it's like a baby bag like a a, a nappy bag or something that he's got kind of walking yeah, through the hospital like that. yeah um yeah. but i do i do love like just the way that this camera work on him and kind of just brian cranston's little like little nod light like, to the people like, oh hello yes how's it going like just walking through the hospital with a bomb um and again this isn't really a Funny episode, but there's some funny moments here, like when it gets stuck to the elevator, and then he just sits down and Jesse's just like, You brought a bomb into, <laughs> into the hospital. Um, just kind of like going off of just these two. Um, and then basically Walt's just, you know, like look he kind of knew, like somehow he knew, like what the hell are we meant to do right now? Is there anything that you can think of that we can catch Gus off guard? Because, you know, they seem so helpless here, as we said last week. Like what is what are they meant to do? And it looks like Jesse's kind of just thought of something here. But as uh, he's about to say something, we meet our two detective friends. Now, is it Calanoche Kal- and Munn? Kalanoche? Kalon- Kal- uh, that, that guy and Munn. Um, who they this is the first time we've seen them, right? But we see them again, I feel. I feel like these are recurring characters, or am I just making that up?
2: Mm, potentially. I'll go and have a quick look and see what I can find out for you. Oh uh, yeah, no, we do we do see them again in um um the second half of, of season five. So yes, yeah. we will we will see them again.
1: Good, I was just thinking, like, these guys are familiar because they, they do come into a bit. But uh, basically, I mean, I actually really like this because this makes complete sense that, you know, of course, surely there's going to be cops asking questions like, well, why do you think it's ricin poisoning? Like, you know, this is very specific. <clears throat> like, if he had just said to Andrea, oh, he might have been poisoned, not like, it's ricin poisoning. <laughs> like, of course he's going to have cops asking him. So, I I, I mean, actually, I really like these detectives. They're They're kind of, like, really, like douchey, like, kind of bros. So, like, I feel like these guys should be called, like, Brad and, and Rick. They play <laughs> water polo or something like that, right? But, like, I kind of... <laughs> Hello to all our water polo players listening to the show today. But I just I just kind of love this sort of douche-level good cop, bad cop that they're playing here. Well, just, like, you know, like, it... these are the type of guys who would be in, like, American Psycho who get excited over business cards, right? Like, <laughs> just, like... <laughs> But I kind of like them, and I usually hate guys like this. But I just kind of like this play that they have off each other. Um, Jesse's basically like, you know, because he's not under arrest, but he's like, I want to call my um, lawyer, and <laughs> I talk about this episode not being a funny episode. One of my fa- like, I talk about a favorite scene in this episode, but if I have to choose scene, scene number two, can we give props to um, Saul's secretary versus Walt here? Oh, <laughs> Now, what's her name? Cynthia, is it? Uh, is it Cynthia? Or am I making that up?
2: Um, Francesca, wasn't it? Francesca. Wasn't it? Well, yeah.
1: Yes, Cynthia was another character. Um, but Basically, she's in the office shredding everything. There's phones ringing, there's banging at the door, and she's just ignoring it. She, she's not caring. And uh, Walt just smashes through the door and basically, like, you know, he needs help, you know, there's an emergency. And I just love Francesca. He's like, oh, let me guess, you and your partner are screwed up. Oh, thanks to you, I'm going to be on employment now. <laughs> like, just, like, this is just such a meta thing, I feel, where it's kind of just, like, their way of, Like, I'm sure, like, this was a fan thing in fan forums. Like, you know, like, oh, like, do do they not catch on to this and it's just always them and they're screwing up? It's kind of like they did this in a lot of Lost episodes where they had just background characters kind of saying things that the fans were saying and making fun of, you know, obvious plot lines. But essentially she extorts Walt because... Walt's what got like two thousand dollars here? That should fix the window. And she's like, "No, I think it might cost hmm twenty thousand dollars to fix the window." And it's like, "Oh, what are you talking about? No, Glaze, you would do that. That's just actually no. You're right. Twenty five thousand dollars." <laughs> I just love Walt's reaction back in a sec and then just like he doesn't even open the door he still crawls through the broken glass and like nearly slips. you talk about your little um you you've got your Australian order right here like I just love the little moment when you see him trying to crawl through the door and he like slips over on the glass and he's trying to get he hits his head on the door I'm watching it right now he actually hits his head on the door I just I love it like I I just I think it's so funny that this is in an episode which again you don't think about its humour and what the first 10 minutes of this episode is actually kind of funny
2: well, I think it's kind of like that physical comedy, which is, you know, like the Malcolm in the Middle style comedy, which, you know, and I think it's a good idea to kind of have these moments, like, you know, in in this, like, really dramatic episode, it's good to kind of have these moments here that kind of, because it is going to get really heavy and, and really serious, and, and this is what the show does really well, I think, of kind of having these moments of, you know, levity in, in these kind of, you know, really intense uh, episodes. So, yeah, I, I think it's lots of fun, and I do love how you, yeah, you're right, like, bounces off the door the first so time it's, it's great that's 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 it's, it's it is right up there with the crotch grabbing
1: um do you have anything to add on the the the, the interrogation or jesse or anything else from from before as well yeah i think I, I
2: think they're kind of like you know standard kind of detectives but you know like i think that that's really good for the you know for the show you kind of want these guys who are kind of almost like you know like could be anybody like nondescript kind of detectives, I think is, is really good for this particular part. So yeah, I think I think they kind of fit the bill really well. And it's, you know, it's a good little setup really, isn't it? But, you know, Jesse's got on himself, you know, in, in his kind of um his panic, he's probably yeah. said too much, um, which I think is great.
1: Which I mean, we I feel like we should have had, you know, we talk about we should have had a breakfast count scene. We should probably have a Jesse gets interrogated by law enforcement count at some point too, because <laughs> I mean, this is this got to be like number five or six right now. I feel like we're up there, but um, yeah. But I um, I actually really like this next sequence too. So this is kind of one of those Breaking Bad almost real time scenes, which. Uh, you know, kind of, it's it's very silent. There's not a lot of sound. It's just not a lot going on. You're kind of watching things play out in real time. And I actually really like it. So Walt basically pulls up uh, just near his house, kind of a block or so away. He gets his little spy binoculars out. I love his little binoculars. We talked about them last week. And uh, obviously he feels that uh, somebody's probably watching his house. So he's going to use someone as bait. <laughs> and Who better than Vince Gilligan's mother, uh, who I've uh, only just discovered this about five minutes ago, uh, the neighbour, Rebecca Simmons, who is played by Vince Gilligan's mother. So there's some trivia for you. Um, so he calls up his neighbour and it's like, oh, Walt Jr. left the stove on. Uh, <laughs> so he watches her enter the house and as he watches her, we see two black, Clothed goons, essentially, uh, sauntering around the house. So, essentially, Walt knows that there are people um, watching uh, his house. So, once he sees uh, the neighbor go back inside, he rushes in, goes into the crawl space, finds whatever little money is left over that hasn't been given to Ted. We see these two goons with guns walking through his house, but he gets away. Um, Meanwhile, Jesse uh, eventually gets sold to come and uh, see him. And uh, this is where um, basically Jesse confides in Sol that um, there is one thing that may be able to help in getting close to Gus, and that is that he visits a nursing home. And uh, we see Sol here telling this to Walt, like what is like an abandoned house or something along those lines. Um, And at first I guess Sol kind of is implying that he's visiting him and Walt's sort of like, oh, he's visiting an old cartel buddy. But then they realise that, no, it's actually his enemy because Saul mentions about how he was taunting him in front of Jesse. So um, we're going to see Walt very, very shortly uh, now go. Actually, I might as well include this scene here. Walt goes to see Hector at the nursing home. And uh, I do kind of like the sort of his standoff here. We've got, you know, Hector doing that whole like thing when he gets angry. And Walt's basically just like, I know you hate me, but I guarantee there's one uh, man you hate more than me. And, you know, how would you like your chance to get some revenge with him? So um, kind of a few real little scenes there to, like lumped together. I mean, obviously I think the main one here is sort of this cool little baiting scene that Walt does with Vince Gilligan's mother, um, which am, am I reading that correctly? Like am I trying to see this that like almost Walt is willing to sacrifice her to make sure yeah. that like, you, like yeah, that's I think what it is?
2: yeah it's kind of softening you up for you know what we're going to get with brock at the end of the episode right of like this guy's prepared to sacrifice somebody else you know in order to to save himself and you know he's got no problems throwing somebody else under the bus and you know i think it's just you know at the end of this episode you need to you know you need to be relieved about what happens with gus but you also have to just be reminded of what an absolute prick Walt is because that's what's going to drive this thing to a conclusion isn't it is that you know yeah. Walt was an absolute asshole. Um yeah I just the other thing I just wanted to point out with these I think you're right they're all kind of like these functional scenes but I, I do love this um, you know the um, kind of slightly muted colours of, of Saul Goodman here he's kind of like got this kind of teal shirt and um, it's not quite his, his crazy colour I think this is a good look for Saul actually this this colour combination yeah, I just want to... <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah I think the kind of scene between Walt and, and Um Actor is, is amazing you know I think um mark Mar- Margolis does so well with so little you know I think um that he's able to you know convey so much just through those kind of um that facial acting which is which is really really impressive and you know this is a real kind of this is his his kind of star performance isn't it really this is the episode um and he's just so good in it.
1: Which is crazy to think when he like literally doesn't utter a word. He just kind of screws his face up a little bit and breathes a little bit, doesn't he? So like it's kind of it's it's interesting. Do we know what this house is meant to be like? Where they where Saul and Walter are meeting? Just kind of like an abandoned house Um, somewhere. I
2: I don't think there's anything particular about it. It's um, um. yeah, I'm just like I'm just going onto the, the 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 um wiki page. Um, it it doesn't appear to be anything particularly. It's just an abandoned kind of just looks cool. I think you know, it's just like
1: this yeah. kind of
2: abandoned lot, really. Yeah,
1: abandoned white building where Walt meets Saul, and it's got a link you can look it up on uh mm. Google. I mean, this is a thing, Nick. When we do the bro trip to Albuquerque, we're gonna have a lot of uh you know mm-hmm. locations here that we can just drive around and see, which um. I mean, again, I'm sure people do. So we know there is a tour, of course, but um, I'm sure people often would probably um, do this as well. Um, I love – there's uh, actually maybe I'm, I'm really underselling this episode. There's actually a lot more comedy in this episode than I'm actually pointing out because now we've got Hector uh, speaking to our nurse friend who uh, she comes in, wants him to go poopy. Nope. He's going <laughs> to spell out that he wants something and uh, she spells out called DIA. Uh, oh no, need dia. Sorry, and uh, she's like, "There's got to be another letter at the end of that." I think you're missing something there. I don't think you finished there right about now. Um, but of course, uh, obviously, it's uh, need dia. So we obviously here just assume that um, you know Walt is what like getting him to to turn in uh, turn in Gus here or something along those lines. But of course, as we know from what a couple of seasons ago that. Uh, uh, Mr. Salamanca does not like to deal with the DEA, so uh, we're going to uh, have that uh, in just a moment. Um, now, Walt calls, what does he call um, Marine Skyler for here? He calls Walt Jr., right, just as returning a phone call. He um, there? Uh, I, have not, I apparently haven't written this down. Why haven't I written this down here, what he's saying?
2: I think, I think it's lovely just to kind of um, do that check-in to say that he's okay really I, I'm not sure there's too much else going on here I think it's just that opportunity to kind of check in and 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 um, and you know for Marie to just give him a hard time about you know why you're not here really I think it's just to kind of um, amp up the the, the kind of um, the tension that you know he, he needs to be here um, and and he's not and I, to me I think that's as simple as it is really
1: because it, it's sort of it's more of a transition scene here we've got um... Uh, Hank, he's on his laptop. He's still staring at his photos. He loves his little photos with his little neck brace on. Uh, Gomi comes in and uh, this is, I love Hank here sort of going on about there's like a, an extra switchboard here like you know like look like this is you know got all this power doesn't what does it need this extra power and he's he's going on to electrician chat rooms <laughs> which you know that should have been our homework for this week Nick we should have found an electrician chat room to see if we could find this <laughs> uh, do chat rooms still exist anymore I, I don't know probably not um, you can but, find anything on
2: the internet these days
1: apparently well that that's true that's true but uh, Gomi's here basically saying that uh, that's, yep, Hector Salamanca's down at the DA office and he's only going to speak to Hank. And of course, Marine, everyone's like, no, don't do it. It's a trap. Like, it's a trap. Uh, clearly, you know, this is not going to be good. Um, and then we get this great scene. So Hank's back in the DA and uh, here is Hector. Okay, what, what are you going to talk to uh, Hank about? Start spelling out, essentially, S-U-C-K-M-Y. All right, no, that's enough. All right, let's try it again. Okay. F-U-C. All right, yep. No, I think I think we get it. I think we get it. Um, and I do I do love the line. What does he say? Like, well, at least he didn't shit himself this time. Um, but obviously, this is a ploy because we see Tyrus... Keeping an eye out, uh, sort of has been stalking Hector and he calls up Gus and is like, oh, we might have a problem because we see Hector being wheeled away from the DEA and obviously Walt is setting up a bit of a trap here to get Gus to go and see Mr. Salamanca at the nursing home. So... Um yeah, it's a, it's a cool little setup scene here, and uh, some more comedy with S U C K M Y F U C K. Well, F U C, yeah, it was.
2: <laughs> um, I, yeah, it's funny you talk about no, no, not that much comedy because I was laughing out loud when I watched this. It's just like one of the funniest things I've seen on the show for a while, you know. I like just like just like because it's in slow motion, it's just like letter by letter. It's kind of like just him telling them to, you know, <laughs> just suck my balls or whatever, you know. like It's just like it's just so funny. I just, i enjoyed it so much like that and they all know what's happening you know they all know that this guy's just like toying with them, just for his own amusement basically
1: which i'd like to think people do this in real life like nothing against the the dea or law enforcement um thanks to our brave men and women of law enforcement out there but also like to people who want to play it like suck my fuck you like it's just oh it's funny um we get Walt, uh, so, <laughs> I love the nurse with him back in the, you know, you, oh, what was that? Like, think about what you've done. <laughs> Just got old Hector sitting here staring out a window. Walt sneaks in and he basically says, all right, let's 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 get down to this. Um, meanwhile, Tyra shows up to the nursing home. He basically sweeps around the room for for bugs and sort of checks everything out. Um, and we also then see Walt sort of hiding around the corner. <laughs> I love him, like, hiding around the corner, this little old lady,
0: hi, hello, hi,
1: and Walt's just like, shh, 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 like, this, this poor granny's lonely. Like, you know, she's got a horn-rimmed glasses on there and oodles of fake tan, it looks like, on there as well. So, um, meanwhile, Jesse gets released. Um, We find out that it wasn't Ryson. Um, and that it was not found in Brock's blood, so he's free to go. And uh, meanwhile, as Jesse gets out, um, he gets kidnapped. So uh, (laughs) there you go. Uh, That's nice. And then Gus basically uh, on the phone to Tyrus, and uh, sort of obviously it's implied here that uh, they're going to kill Hector. Uh, Tyrus says, like, hey, look, I can do this. And I love kind of Gus's line. He's like, no, I do this. Um, and I think I might cap it there cause I think the next scene might be very important to talk about by itself, but, uh, a few little kind of filler bits there. Uh, but, um, yeah, great, great stuff going on. Yeah. At, at what
2: point do you kind of? It might be when Gus kind of enters into the in, into the room, is that you see the kind of photo, and it's like you know the the cousins and and Tuco as children, um, which I think is like a really really nice touch as well. You know, like just a reminder of, of where we've come to with this with this character and the storyline. That everything's kind of been connected in some way, which is really really cool. Um, so no, I, I I think it's really good. Um, I I love how kind of you know you kind of see. Um, um, Gus kind of change clothes as well. You see him kind of take off this kind of tacky, you know, the the Los polos yellow shirt, and you know he's going to change into something else. And you know, like he's all business. It's you know, I think it's just it's really good. You can kind of see like the 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 kind of wheels whirring in his mind about what's going on. I think it's just yeah, it's it's just really really powerful stuff. And like you know, at this point the tension's just been ramped right up. So yeah, while the comedy's been there, we're now we're kind of getting into it for real, right? Like now it's starting to get real, um, and and you know we we're kind of getting into the, the kind of meat of this
1: episode. Which we're basically more, right now. Like, yeah, it's well exactly. We're, we're basically like 33 minutes in. So we've only got like 15 minutes to go and we're kind of, you know, it just has gone by in no time. I just got to ask you a question before I get to this scene. And like, I, I love me some Gus. I'm team Gus all the way. You know, I've said constantly that, you know, I am be more on team Gus than I am on team Walt right now, but like, is like, I get why Gus wants to do this. I get why Gus wants to, kill Hector himself like that's kind of fits into this whole storyline so he's going to finish it off for good right but like is he a bit dumb well not dumb but like I mean he's so he's so particular he's so perfect I mean he's a guy who literally has a hospital waiting for him with that sort of stuff like surely like check under the chair like see a bomb like I mean like if there's one criticism for all what we're about to see like I just I don't believe that Gus would be this short-sighted to not see this
2: I think it's kind of just to imply that he's been rattled, you know, that kind of um, everything he's done has kind of led to this happening, you know, like the kind of, um, you know, if he hadn't done what he'd done to... um, um, to Donaladio, then this wouldn't have happened because you know um, Hector wouldn't have been motivated to make this move so um, I think we're kind of just led to believe that this is leading up to this that, you know like we've just seen him kind of um, you know like just fraying at the nerves I suppose like you've seen him in that you know the police interview where he's kind of you know you see that tick in his hand um, you kind of see you know like that kind of crazy look in his eye when Don Aladio kind of goes into the pool you know you can just see that he's just been tunnel visioned on this particular thing and it's it kind of put blinkers on him um, so things that he would normally react really well to and and kind of see all the different angles he has just become a bit crazed and he's just a human like at the end of the day this guy is just human and he is going to make mistakes that anybody would um and and Walt's the perfect person to kind of cash in on those mistakes i suppose
1: that's a great way of putting it up because i mean i guess at the end of the day too like um you know Walt's made plenty of mistakes to get where he's gotten to as Mm. well right and he's going to continue to make mistakes sort of moving forward but uh yeah, so we basically um, – I love this kind of like – everything about this whole sequence just amazing. Like I even just love this sort of moment where you've got sort of Gush just sitting in the car and they kind of the camera just zooms into his face and then just the way you sort of have him walking towards like the nursing home and kind of just follows him from behind and follows him in front and just kind of just this looks that he's got on his face and the music is amazing and then just leads him into uh, the room. Tyrus is already there. And sort of uh, Gus basically just is, is taunting him still again that, you know, like, you know, what sort of man goes to the DEA? Like, you know, um, this is sad. You're basically going to die as a, a sad old cripple. Um, and, uh, you know, will you look at me now? Uh, and essentially he still doesn't look at him. So he gets a syringe ready to um, put it into him, uh, ready to go. And at this point... All of a sudden, Hector actually looks at him at this point, And then, you know, kind of even Gus is sort of taken aback a little bit when you see him sort of looking at him. And he's kind of just got this sort of a sad, sort of, you know, reserved look on his face. But then it just turns completely angry. You talk about Mark McGall has been amazing. So I just got kind of to love the way he sort of looks. He's just so, so like, oh, yeah, I'm about to die. Then all of a sudden he's just like, fuck you clicking on this bell, and as we kind of mentioned uh, last week, you know, sort of a bit of a foreshadowing the way Walt was pressing on this little transistor, little walkie-talkie thing multiple times, so he's click, 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 click on the bell, and doesn't even obviously sound like a bell, it's kind of got a muffled sound to it, and then Gus sort of realised what's going on, we get a camera shot, we see the pipe bomb on his chair, and then we get Gus's line of, oh! Uh, which if you ever watch the um, the Pitch Meeting uh, YouTube channel, they kind of make fun of this. And they're like, oh, so how does the evil Gus Fring go out? I bet you he's got some really evil, you know, final line. And he's like, actually, no, his final line is, oh! And they're like, what do you mean his final line is, oh! They're like, oh, it's an epic line. It'll be on T-shirts. Oh! Um, <laughs> then they cut away. You see this explosion. Door goes flying. Amazing shot, which is all done practically as well. We can talk about that. And then sort of we see a bit of uh, chaos. We see some nurses running towards it, and we see Gus just walking out. Okay, he's fine. Even he can survive an explosion. Like, all right, this guy is immortal, apparently. But then we get this amazing shot where the camera just all in one take sort of sweeps around him. We see him adjusting his tie, and then we realise that... Okay, he's probably dead because literally half of his head is blown off. His arm, is, uh, his shoulders kind of got like skin hanging out of it. His hand's completely burnt. But even in death, Gus has to look proper. He breaks a fourth wall again and looks in straight into the camera. Arm flops down. He flops down. Dead. We get a great shot then of a blown up wheelchair. You, if you look carefully enough, you can see like a leg sprawl across the ground and uh, other sort of bits of debris and everything. Um and just ah oh, like I rewound, I don't know how many times I rewound this scene when I watched this for the I was just so in shock I was like holy fuck like what the hell and this is just you you have so many shows that you're watching your life and there are just certain scenes that just stick with you in your mind I constantly talk about House of Cards the the very famous scene which I won't spoil if you've never seen House of Cards but there are other episodes of TV shows like um, Nip Tuck you know, uh the reveal about Ava and things like that. Like, you just you just you're stuck in your mind. You remember these things forever. And like this is just one. It's just I mean, this is my favourite scene of all of Breaking Bad. This is the one that I will push for number one next week. Maybe number one in the entire series. I don't know. Like, I just I love it so much. It's just shocking. It's graphic. You've got the demise of one of the best villains in television history, and it all comes down to this moment where you literally think he's okay. Like, you actually think he's fine. You think he's somehow survived this, but it's kind of just pulls the wool over your eyes at the last second to realise that he's actually dead. It's amazing, and like I recommend people watch the making of on YouTube because it's really fascinating to see the extent they went with this. Vince Gilligan talks about how this was the vision he always had. It took 19 takes for them to get this, and apparently he wasn't satisfied until the 19th take was the one that they actually used. Um, the, the explosion was done for real. It was sort of a, a mixture between real practical effects and a bit of digital enhancement on sort of his half-face you know, burnt off as well. It's really fascinating to hear Giancarlo Esposito talk about because if, if anyone's never watched an interview with Giancarlo Esposito, completely different. Like he just, he, you know, sounds American. He's just, you know, normal American guy. Like he doesn't sort of have a Latino accent or anything. So just, you know, and just the way he talks about getting into the character and everything like that is just really interesting. So... Oh, God, this this scene, Nick, is just, I mean, I, I can't talk highly enough about it.
2: Yeah, I think that there's um, there's actually not a lot I can add to that because you've done such a good job of kind of, um, you know, detailing this and, and all the cool things about it. I absolutely love the the kind of thumping kind of, it's not even really music, just the kind of ding, ding, ding as you, you kind of like follow him actually into the yeah. restaurant is pretty pretty amazing and um yeah i just think that you know it's just the conclusion of so many things i like the kind of you know we kind of get this final conclusion to the whole look at me thing which has been a has been played out over several episodes that we finally do get him look at gus and and then you know and so that's you know a big moment for the show um yeah i think it's just it's phenomenal like it, it is just so well done and it just is like the tying together of all these kind of threads that have been hanging for so long in the show and they kind of pull it all together and then you get the kind of as you say this really kind of effective kind of shock moment and um you know i I know you're not a a game of thrones fan um but this is obviously like bread and butter of game of thrones is this kind of stuff is like almost every week to the point where it becomes like are you actually telling the story here or are you just going to try for the shock value and I think what makes this so good is it's not something you get every week on Breaking Bad you know there's fantastic storylines and great acting but this kind of like shock kind of gore shock is not something that Breaking Bad does a lot so when they do it it is just even more effective I think Um, and yeah it just feels like the perfect ending for this character you know like it's um, you couldn't really ask for anything more and and, you know I think we talked a little bit about him being like this bit of a super villain and I think um, the this whole idea of him looking a bit you know this is to me very reminiscent of the um the two-faced character um of Aaron Eckhart and in, in the dark night you know those kind of like similar type of effects really and um you know like you've got this guy who lives a double life so the kind of two-face analogy feels feels right for this character as well so yeah just it feels like a time together of, of so many you know um Really, really cool storyline, story beats, character beats. It just, it just feels perfect to me, you know. And um kind of just, you know, no notes, perfect, you know. Like there, there's nothing more you can add to this to make it better. It is just so good.
1: Which another thing we should kind of bring up back in season two, with a lot of the images and kind of tie-ins and that. A lot of people talk about the whole pink teddy bear back in season two that had the half face, mm. um which you know, all these kind of little symbolism things, which. I don't know if that did Vince Gilligan ever say that was done deliberately that he knew that this was gonna like because I mean that was in season two. yeah, uh, I, I, you know I think like, I
2: think the way these guys write, I don't think they think seasons in advance. I think they just look for opportunities to tie things together, which is what they've done here, you know, like it's just a nice little kind of visual throwback more than anything else.
1: Which, yeah, I mean, it's 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 really, really clever. But even just, like, when he sort of collapses and... Because it's, like, dead silence, like, you know, you could make a massive dramatic score with this, couldn't you, or something along those lines. But, I mean, like, this is the problem. If I ever cave and watch Game of Thrones one day, like, I feel like I'm not going to be shocked because all these, like, famous moments I know, like, because I've watched so many, like, top ten greatest scenes in television, right? So I know about, like, Joffrey and the eye gouging and, like, all these kind of things. Like, I mean, I... I I know, I've seen, like, where I had no clue, I had no clue about this, I had no clue when I watched House of Cards that that scene happened, you know, like, things like that where you don't know, Um, and I just, I just feel like I would be spoiled, like, I literally, like, I'm trying to think of other sort of, like, a random movie moment I thought of, um, Deep Blue Sea, Samuel L. Jackson's speech when the shark comes up and eats him, Uh, I mean, it's pretty dodgy special effects and it doesn't hold up over 20 years later. But I remember watching that for the first time going like, holy fuck, like that shark just ate him out of nowhere. Like, you know, and I think that's the point, right? Like when you see things like that for the first time, I'm I'm thinking, um... Dexter. I always seem to bring up Dexter in here, and uh, there's a very famous scene. I think it's the end of season four, which I don't want to say what it is because it's one of these things. If you've never seen it, you, you. I don't want to take it away from you or anybody listening to the show. But like the way the season ends, it's like on one of these scenes where you just like, oh my god, like they didn't, did they? And you're like, fuck, um, and like this could have been the the, the final scene of the entire season and you would have been like holy crap like what now um but obviously there's still a bit more to go isn't well and 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 i think
2: that's what's so amazing about it is that this is so good and yet what follows it is really good as well you know like this is you think that i mean this is the peak of the episode don't get me wrong but you know the last kind of 10 minutes of this episode are still really great as well that's that's what's so amazing
1: about it yeah i mean you talk about sort of that that lack of you don't really get that gore factor but i mean We talked, remember, back in um, Peekaboo, like, the whole ATM scene. Like, I mean, that's really graphic and you're, like, you're taken aback by it, right? Like, just kind of things like that. And, like, I think that's a great point you make because Breaking Bad doesn't really go for the gore. It really doesn't. And it feels more realistic when you do because this is kind of life. Like, this is, like things happen like this in life right in front of people's eyes sometimes and you're not expecting it, you know, whereas I can imagine Game of Thrones, it happens every five minutes. Uh, so you kind of, you, you block it out. Like Starship Troopers is a movie which like you get 10 minutes in and you just limbs are going everywhere. Blah, like it's just kind of, that movie still makes me feel sick and I don't know how many times I've seen it. And I'm not really a queasy person, but they just go so over the top with the legs and arms and everything going everywhere in that movie. But um, yeah, I mean, this is just, just epic. uh, So good. And I, I, I've I, actually kind of been on a weird in the last sort of week, just on Giancarlo Esposito interview watch. And follow him on Instagram. He's amazing. Like, he just, he, like, the thing I appreciate about appreciate about him, because he's sort of, you know, obviously renowned for this, and obviously now a bit more for, like, The Mandalorian. And uh, Far Cry 5, I think I called it Far Cry 6 last week. Like, now, obviously, uh, the time of recording this has just come out. Obviously, it's a bit dated by the time this has been released. But, he plays into so well, like this fandom that he has. And like, he goes to Comic Cons and like he shares artworks. Like, if somebody draws like a really cool Fring picture, he shares it, you know, a really cool, um, you know, Moff Gideon. He shares it. Like, he even shared one I saw recently. It was like somebody mocked up a Gus Fring Moff Gideon sort of together and like with it. Like, it was really cool. And like, he just he seems to embrace the fans and kind of that he's got this real cult following. And I just like. I kind of feel like we talk about him now because it's like, you know, we're not really sadly going to talk about him anymore, are we? I mean, obviously next week we'll talk a little bit about him, but um, I guess we have to eulogize Fring really right now because he's dead. Um, So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Fring is just, I think I said it when we first got him, that he's probably equal favorite television villain of all time alongside Benjamin Linus on Lost. I just, I, I love him. He's so good. And just yeah, I, I mean, what else can I say about my love for this man and my love for this character and just everything about him? And it's kind of you do think like, how do you get another season without yeah. a villain like this? And we somehow do. So yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've um I've just sent something to Ben which um will make okay. him laugh when he does get to see it. But um Am I allowed basically... to open it now
1: or is it too distracting? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, no, no, no. It's a a Kiwi comedian and she went to like some Comic Con and she kind of um she she met Jankala uh, Esposito, and she said to him, Oh, can you pretend to be Gus? Can you pretend that this banana is a gun? You know, like, and hold this gun up to this banana up to my head, pretend it's a gun. And he said, It is a gun. And, and, um, this is actually something that, um, she posted on, on like Instagram or something. And it got mentioned in some like interview that he did, like on, you know, like Jimmy Kimmel or, or something like that. Like, so this was kind of like got international fame at the time. It just like cracks me up because I, every now and then it just kind of pops up on her, on her kind of Twitter account. Like, I like that line, yeah. shit,
1: you're a good actor. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have anything to add on, on Giancarlo or are we the character Fring while we're just sort of eulogising? Because we don't really do this a lot on break, because we often do this in our other shows, we eulogise a character when they die, but we well, I think it's, don't really... I think it's- Get to do this yeah, much
2: on breakfast, I, th- I think it's the first main character that dies on the show, isn't yeah. it? So, um, you know, like it's it, it is quite a big moment for the show, and yeah, he uh, he has just been so amazing for the show, he's just such a good villain, um, you know, like and, and I think it's that whole thing of like there are times when you sympathize with him, you know, like the whole thing with um with Max and everything like that, so you do really feel for him at times, which which makes this just even more complex, um, so yeah, I, th- I think he's been an amazing part of the show, you know, like I. I'm, I'm a bit like you it's like where do we go from here because this guy is so good and you know obviously we know where it goes we've seen it before but um, yeah in some ways I think this is a real high point for the show just because of how good this character is and we've been really really lucky to have this guy and, and obviously it kind of launched his career really um, and, and rightfully so it's just it's such a such a powerful character it's such a believable character you know and um, even as crazy as it is you, you you don't kind of like question it for a second it feels real the whole time and, and yeah yeah, it's, it's just been a joy to watch. It's, it's sad to lose them, but what a way to go out.
1: He was renowned a lot for doing a lot of um, Spike Lee films sort of before he ever kind of got involved um, in, in this side of things. And, like, over on Third Watch, we like he's in one of the worst episodes of Third Watch. Like, he's in a terrible episode of Third Watch where he plays a priest. I mean, he's not bad. Like, he's not the problem of that episode. He's he's as well as you think he's going to be, Giancarlo Esposito. But I remember when we kind of did that, and, like, I just completely forgot, and you start watching this, holy fuck, it's freeing. Like, Giancarlo Esposito is, like, the main guest star in this episode, and it's just... It's, it's wasted because it's such a bad episode of Third Watch, but um, yeah, and I'm just, I mean, I'm so sad to see. We'll talk more about this next week, about this season and the awards, but like, I think he's been nominated for about three Emmys, four Emmys, never won one. I mean, he's been recently nominated for The Mandalorian as well, so uh, he's, he's getting nominated for that outside of it, but... Uh, I mean, I will say that when we talk about it next week, him losing to somebody in this season is maybe warranted because, uh, you know, he did maybe lose to somebody who uh, probably uh, you would also agree deserved thoroughly an Emmy. But, um, yeah, just amazing. So maybe maybe Better Call Soul. he can finally win one for that. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as you kind of alluded to, there's still some great stuff to go. We've still got about 10 minutes to go this episode. So Waltz in his little uh, white little Toyota hatchback listening to the radio and um, – We've got uh, Coyote 215 FM or whatever it is, um, which, uh, I, again, I don't know if this is a real radio station yes. or it oh, is. Well,
2: the, well the, DJ, the DJ is real. I don't know if the, the, the station itself is real, but this is a real DJ.
1: Well, because, uh, I mean, I think of Desert Coyotes. I mean, uh, if we're nearby yeah. in Phoenix, you've got the Phoenix Coyotes, the NHL team. So, uh, you know, why wouldn't you call it? It's like, I guess, you're calling it Kiwi FM. I'm sure there's probably a Kiwi <laughs> FM somewhere in New Zealand. Um, but he's listening to these DJs and there's been an explosion in a nursing home and there reports that three people have died. Very specific on that uh, radio uh, report there. Uh, and sort of Walt gives a bit of a smile uh, and drives off. Uh, we realise that Jesse has been kidnapped by one of uh, Fring's goons, basically, who's uh, forcing him to cook. Uh, there's a, a knockable... the sort of the, the service door I guess is sort of opening up and this goon guy gets him to uh, handcuff uh, himself to there and badass Walt comes in, he shoots one guy, shoots this other guy uh, and he's basically like, yeah, we're going to burn down the lab. So uh, we get this great sequence of them hacking up the barrels, uh, pouring everything around. And just this really cool sequence of sort of um, them lighting this fuse with a, what is it, like kind of some makeshift spark that they kind Mm -hmm. of do. It's really, really cool. Um, Great music. I love the music here as he kind of walks out, goes up upstairs and we, what does he say, like, Vamanos, like when the uh, alarm starts, goes, all of these people in the laundry are like, oh, what's going on? Um, And then the super lab essentially uh, explodes and uh, that is going to be the death of, death of another character. We talked about the death of the RV, of course. Now we've got the death of the super lab. <laughs> um, and then we get a scene on the roof of the parking lot where we find out that, uh, yeah, was, we already knew it wasn't and Brock's going to be okay. Uh, but it was actually a lily of the valley, a plant that uh, apparently has poisonous berries that children sometimes think that uh, – can be edible so hmm i wonder if that's going to play a part uh, into anything very very shortly uh walt tells uh jesse basically that it's you know no matter what uh basically gus had to die anyway uh which obviously jesse's kind of wondering if this was you know all for nothing essentially um walt calls skylar and uh just oh i should have mentioned the whole gus face off thing obviously top five moment duh um but I, I mean, look, again, I just don't think this will fit, but, like, I love this this final scene where Skylar's basically like, you know, oh, what, you know, have you seen the news? Like, a nursing home happened and an explosion, and I think you got Walt Jr. going, tell him about Fring. Uh, like, everyone loves Fring. There he is again being mentioned. And Skylar's basically like, did you have anything to do with this? Um, and then, you know, she says, what happened? And then we get this amazing line from Walt. He just says nothing but... I won, uh, then hangs up and drives away. I mean, look, you can end it there. Like, I mean, that that's end of Breaking Bad. Thanks for watching. Four seasons, great. Like, just, I'd be satisfied with that. Yeah, again, there are questions. Of course there are questions, but, like, I would be satisfied with that. But even then, and I've seen people complain about how this ends, and I don't know why. Like, I think it's a great way they even end this. Where, like, you could, again, you could end it on I won. He sort of drives off and he looks at the uh, Los Polos Hermanos little uh, air freshener and walk, uh, Gus's car, which is still at the car park. Got this great song playing in the background. But then we just cut back to Walt's house. Kind of just, all right, what's going on here? Casual shot of the pool. All right, well, this is a bit odd. Kind of a slow sort of close-up on this plant, the the same plant that we saw him having the gun spinning around on a week ago. Like, okay, this is a bit odd. And then we see the reveal of the little tag on this plant that it is Lily of the Valley. <gasps> Walt poisoned Brock to get what he wanted, you sniving little prick. Uh, <laughs> like, again, I've seen people complain about this ending this way, that it should have ended on I1. And okay, I see that. But I think this is still like, holy crap, like, Jesus walt just murdered a child well not killed the child brock's alive thankfully uh but like nearly murdered a child basically to get what he wants like i mean we've said it multiple times he's he's uh definitely heisenberg he's not walt anymore but like wow wow
2: and and absolutely that's it i think this is kind of like um that ending here is like you know we've talked about like when when does he become heisenberg and um you know i think Arguably, that's kind of when he's standing there watching Jane die. I think that's arguably the moment where he becomes Heisenberg. But this is actually the moment where Walt Walter White dies, and and Heisenberg is, is all that's left from this moment on. Like he doesn't care who he hurts or, or who he uses to get what he wants. You know, like he's prepared to, you know, put a put a child at risk um, in order to get what he wants, in order to manipulate another human being into doing what he wants. It's just, it's a, it's the most hideous thing that he's ever done um, so far. And and you know, this is the moment where yet yeah, we've just watched the villain of the show die. Um, but actually, we haven't because the real villain is still alive, and 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 now we are going to deal with what that means for the you know the 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 rest of the show is going to deal with what happens when our protagonist is actually the villain, um, and and this is the moment where he just becomes that that complete and utter asshole that you just you, you know you can't sympathise with this man after he's done what he's done here, you know, and and obviously the precursor was was his neighbour sending his neighbour to potentially take a bullet for him um, unknowingly, um, so yeah, it, it's a horrible horrible thing, and I. I I think it ties it all together. Anyone who says you you shouldn't have the scene at the end is crazy because I think there's been so much go into, you know, manipulating Jesse and, and, you know, the poison and the ricin and all that you need to have this little scene at the end. I think it's so important. Like, yeah, you could have it at the start of next season, but I think you want to leave the season being like, yep, the villains dead, but the real villain is still alive, you know? And, and that to me is really, really important. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great final scene. I, I love the destruction of the super lab. I think it's, you know, the, the music obviously, which I talked about last week, freestyle by the tell me brothers. I think it is. Um, you know this kind of amazing kind of mexican guitar you know like it, it is just it's so perfect for it and um yeah that that kind of scene where the kind of spark just ignites and and you kind of follow the camera as it pans backwards as the you know the flames kind of envelop this the super lab is and you know, just an amazing kind of visual i just, i absolutely love it um i'm going to have lots of questions which i'll leave for next you know the next episode that we have in season five of um you know the evidence and and would it be this simple for these guys to just walk yeah. away um but you know like what We'll talk about that in more detail next, you know, um, next episode. I think, um, but you know, for now, I think this is just an absolutely fantastic way to cap this, not just this episode but this season. I, you know, absolutely got no complaints. I think it's perfect.
1: Which I, I was going to question that too, because generally they've been meticulous with the sort of burning the bodies in the barrel, right? But this time around, they've because they, I think they say, don't they, that they found a couple of bodies in the super lab, but they would have bullets in their head. Like, I mean, they could mm. see that they'd been shot. Right, like anyway, uh, the song that is closed out uh, is called "Black" by Danger Mouse and Danielle Loopy, featuring Nora Jones. There you go. Hello, Nora. Uh, there's a name that hasn't been mentioned since 2003. So um, yeah, um, trivia bits. There's a few bits here. Uh, this is you. You often we haven't, don't usually talk about it a lot anymore, but um, the IMDb scores. This has got the second highest rated. Uh, episode on IMDb behind... So this is a 9.9 out of 10, only behind Felina and Ozymandias, uh, Ozymandias which are both tied at 10 out of 10 uh, for next season. Um, third episode to be written and directed by Vince Gilligan after pilot and full measure. As we mentioned, uh, Rebecca Simmons, Vince Gilligan's mother. Uh, that's uh, Gail Gilligan. The mo- that's the actor, the character's Rebecca. And apparently, like I mentioned before, how about it's all almost set in like real time. Uh, they apparently cut uh, a bunch of that scene... Um, to shorten the the uh, on TV, but for video releases, it was uh, extended. Uh, Lily of the valley is indeed a poisonous plant. It is uh, actually poisonous. Um, the all parts of it, from its red berries, leaves, uh, rhizomes, and stems, uh, with over forty at cardiac glycosides. There you go. Um, I do. I, I forgot to mention when Jesse's getting interrogated when they were sort of saying about how. Oh, how did you? How did you uh, know about it? I love how Jesse's like, oh, maybe I saw her on House or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which did you watch House? That show was yeah. no. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, It was yeah. Um, not the worst I've seen, but not the best. Um, I like here it's like the episode's title refers to the final showdown between Walt and Gus, but can also be seen as a play on words regarding Gus's demise, where half of his face is burnt off. Thanks for that Breaking Bad wiki. I'm glad you're there to point that out. Um, As you said before, which is actually interesting, Gus is the very first main character to die. That's fascinating that it took us to the fourth season to do that, which Mm -hmm. for a show that you kind of think just has these moments and anyone can die at any point, like, yeah. Um, You mentioned the Two-Face. There's a reference there as well. Um, Yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. Erica Viking was a real DJ on Coyote 102.5 at the time of filming. She's also hosted the official Breaking Bad RV tour. Well, there you go. Look at her getting a cameo in uh, the <laughs> thing as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I, I'll i just be honest with you right now, Nick. I've got a little spreadsheet where I keep tallies of how we rate shows and episodes and everything. I've already marked down that you've bought this episode, so please don't prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a total bin, total bin. Yeah, for me. To- yeah. rubbish, yeah. rubbish. Yeah, just off, worst off episode, the episode you've seen. Um, um,
2: yeah, I mean, for me, it's it, it's clearly a buy, and it's my number one. Um, and um, you know, I think I think that that's potentially it was a tough call it was a bit of a coin flip between between this and crawlspace I think they're both fantastic episodes um I think there's just a little bit more of, of the things I like in this episode um and you know I, th- I think it just gets a bit of credit for you know tying some of the the loose ends together so yeah I, I absolutely love it i think it, it it's a phenomenal episode um worthy of that 9.9 on IMDb um yeah love it fantastic episode
1: yeah bye obviously. Um and yeah, number one. Um I I, I was the same. I was I was really thinking crawl space would be number one for me. I really would, but I thought Well, like I think just this episode talking about it has has flipped me around. Because I actually nearly thought I'd have this at number three, because like Better Call Soul to me, just like I just I'm so in love with that episode just because it's just such it's just something you can just put on and love. And like I often like the comedy side of things, but the fact that I kind of contradict myself at the beginning oh this isn't really a funny episode but like literally the first like 10 15 minutes of this is hilarious um like you've got some really funny stuff in this episode um and it just by the time you get up to this famous scene you know two-thirds of the episode is gone like it's just it's gone by in such a flash and then you get this iconic scene and it just ends so well like i mean this in Crawl Space, like just just everything is perfect about it, it goes by so quickly and, and then obviously better call soul was enjoyable differently but um yeah, I, I will admit I just changed that basically in ranking it there because I had it at number three uh, and I, I think just talking about it has just made me switch this to number one. So, um, yeah, I mean, I yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's so good. And just, I mean, just that scene alone with with Gus, it's similar to what I was saying the other week about how, you know, Walt laughing hysterically at the bottom of a crawl space is enough to sell that episode. You know, Gus threatening to murder small children is enough to sell that episode, you know, and then here you've got this and, Again, let's be honest too, the, the ending of I-1 kind of gets overlooked, doesn't it? Because you've just, everyone knows about this episode, about the Gus's heart, head half being blown off, whereas the I-1 line is just epic. Like it's just, it is epic. And I love, yeah, exactly what you are saying, that basically now we've got a, our next big bad is the guy that we shouldn't be saying is the big bad. It's, I mean, what other show has done this? that Your yeah. hero. like Imagine if Christian Troy was the big bad of season six of Nick <laughs> Tuck. Yeah. You know, yeah, like it's absolutely it just, yeah. It just doesn't work. Jack Bauer in 24, like it just doesn't work that way. Um so I will I will say the ringer has this at number three overall. Um the only episodes above it, full measure from season three, and a certain episode from next season, which you may have heard of. Uh, which uh, we we may have already mentioned in terms of the IMDB ratings. So um, we'll get to that. But obviously next week we're going to be talking uh, about just a general season recap. Um, We'll obviously probably talk a little bit more forward thinking to season five uh, next week. But just in general, uh, looking ahead now to season five, episode one. Uh, The episode, of course, is called Live Free or Die. Uh, any just forward thoughts on live free or die? Yeah, well, I like the
2: kind of, obviously we're going to get a flash forward to start the season, which is intriguing. Um, I think we've, you know, we're we're just going to, start the setup right of, you know, like the kind of Mike, Mike and Walt as this kind of antagonism um, is, is, you know, going to be really interesting to watch. And we've got the return of like Mr. Heckles is back. Um, and and uh, well, that's not his name. It's his friend's name. But um, yeah, he, he's back. Um, and, um, and yeah, quite a, quite a turn of events for Ted in, in, in episode one <laughs> as well. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that.
1: Yeah. And um, I also kind of like, I've talked about sort of my love of what, how Skylar turns. Like I kind of really like how this Skylar-Walt dynamic goes next season as well. It's kind of, it's very interesting. Um, And you kind of get that like basically in the first episode, don't you? So yeah. I see like, um I see a lot of, uh, it, it's interesting kind of how we talk, say like season three was sort of some of the slower episodes. I, I see a lot of, um particularly The Ringer, rates a lot of these early season five episodes very lowly. Like uh, their, their worst episode of Breaking Bad uh, is the third episode, Hazard Pay. Um, So, and like, I like on my speed rewatch, like, yeah, there are some sort of moments in sort of the opening parts of season five, which do feel a little bit slow kind of going back to that season three territory. But I think I'm just so hooked into kind of what's because it's just it's just interesting because I was more intrigued. I remember going into the fifth season of more of like, well, what are they going to do now? You know Mm. what I mean? Um, So, yeah, and as we've said a lot of times too, and we'll talk about this more next week, of course, is that we will be covering Season 5 as a whole. So we will make it a 16-episode season. We obviously realise it was split into two halves, but uh, similar to what we did with Nip Tuck, we did all of Season 5 as one season, um, unlike how they sort of aired it, which was kind of as two halves. So just forewarning people of that next week um but yeah next week our season four recap looking forward to that one uh, probably our hardest ever top five we will may ever do um but i yeah very much looking forward to that in the meantime like subscribe do all the regular stuff listen to other shows because they're great uh, i think and uh yeah we appreciate you uh tuning in and we're getting very close to the pointy end now of breaking bad as uh we wrap up one epic episode my name is ben and you're such a pain in my ass.
2: uh, My name's Nick, and uh, if you want to stick your wang in a hornet's nest, it's a free country.
1: Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while
0: you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all
1: the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes